When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are listening to the RAC podcast, the Welsh Regional Rugby Appreciation Pod, where we try to cover all the important issues on and off the field in Welsh Regional and National Rugby. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, all of that information is at the end, so you'll just have to bear with us and get to that bit. In the meantime, enjoy this week's show. Hello and welcome to another rap podcast. Uh, joining me, Lee G, as always, is Reese, Jamie, and Carwin. How are we, gents? Not too all bad. Good, thank you. Yeah, yeah, all good. Yeah, Carwin can't answer properly because he's got a mouth full of stir fry. So, um, you know, he's, he's he's fitted us into his night while he's having his tea. It's, it's very good of him. <laughs> I'm a busy man. <laughs> so, um. Before we dive into the excitement that was last weekend, um, you know, four teams, only one of us won, you know, not just saying, boys, just going to drop that in there right at the start, you know. Clearly a a slip up. (laughs) He's laughing Uh, now, isn't he? (laughs) <laughs> He's smiling now. I'm gonna make the yeah. most of this. Gonna make the most of this one. Trust me. So, um, before we delve into that, then let's let's crack on with beer of the week. So, Jay, Jamie's busting to introduce his beer of the week. What, what have you got, Jamie? Let's crack That's on with yours. Oh, this is a naughty one, boys. You're gonna love this <laughs> tonight. I have got a porn star martini beer. Oh, yes. Oh, look at that, baby. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, well. Where did you get that from? Yeah. That's not from Tesco. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so this is from Lidl's. Uh, okay. It's brewed by a company called Cold Town Brewery, which is based in Edinburgh. It's 4.6%. And I got to say, it's absolutely stonking, as my dad would say. Very, very stonking. nice. It's a good word. Stonking. Word. How yeah. many have you had already? Is, is, are you just on your first Oh, no, one? I only bought the one can. No, I just bought one can. So if I don't like it, I wasted it then, haven't I? But I will be buying it again. I can show you that. Cheers. Good, good, yeah. good man. Nice one, <laughs> Reese, well, what have you got, mate? I'm still working through this box of brood dogs. So I had the Planet IPA last time, and I've got the Stronger Hazy Jane, which I've had before. Um, and this one tends to make me a little bit like skew if after a couple, but it's lovely as well. Like, I'm really enjoying IPAs at the minute. So, between the, the, the iffy beer and the iffy leg, tonight's going to be a bit of fun, then, isn't it? Yeah, well, I had a good, I tell you what, boys, I had a good drink on um, Saturday, sort of thing. Like, and getting up and walking around the house on the crutches was a little bit like, you know, um, <laughs> it could have gone either way. I might not have been here, I might have been back in hospital. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, good. Carwin, what have you got, mate? Well, in fairness, I had completely forgot about beer of the week, so I had to raid the Christmas box and pull out some San Miguel Especial. Um, so I'm on that side. Solid choice. It's a solid yeah. choice. Yeah, can't go wrong. See, I thought I got to the bottom of my cheap Christmas beer on Saturday night. I was watching the Scarlets, and I think I thought I'd got to the bottom of it. And uh, I went, right, okay. And then I switched on to the Baileys, right? We've got to get rid of the Baileys. 
And then as I was putting the Baileys back in, I found another box of 24 Budweiser stuff behind. <laughs> so um, I think I might just save that for Six Nations. That might be my Six Nations deposit, if you like. Um, so my beer tonight, so this is the, the, the last of my Christmas beers from the Caffle Brewery. This one's called Drop Squint. And I got a nasty, nasty feeling that that one's going to come back and revisit me tomorrow. It's five point two percent. It's like a proper live ale and and all of that. It's a proper, proper craft ale. But it it was like drinking ice cream just now. And yeah, <laughs> I'm sure, down a bit. That's now, murky. Though. That is. Yeah. I'm fairly sure if I put my pen in there, it would stand up. But, that's that's had a life that beer has. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm not looking forward to that one tomorrow, but. There we go. Right. Okie cokey. That's the admin out the way. Let's get on to some serious business. Who wants to start? Where do we start with Friday night, wasn't it? So, Jane, you, you start with the Dragons on Friday night. What did you make of that game, mate? Yeah, let's get this one out of the way quite quickly because uh, the other games are far more interesting, weren't they? Let's be honest. Uh, look, we discussed on the poll last week, we knew this was going to be a very, very difficult task for the Dragons. Um, they were playing their third game in, in 12 days. Um, I said last week, I think we've been shafted royally by the scheduling. Um, and Dave Flanagan said that uh, it felt like the world's against us at the moment. Um, but, you know, you got to get on with it, don't you? Mm-hmm. But then you saw the Bulls team. They were fully loaded, pretty much. And I'm not going to lie, after about 17, no, 16 minutes, we were 17 nil down. I turned to my old man in the stand and I said, this could be a 50-60 point battering. It was heading that way. It really was. Fair play to the boys. They did improve and they did do very well, I thought, to fight back and get within three at the break. Uh, although he was helped by their fly-off group, so they missed touch a couple of times. He had a bit of a shocker in the first half. But um, the fact of the matter is we just could not compete with the Bulls' power up front. And the scrum, as we saw at Parker Scarlet's, the front five, it was the same front five that was uh, dismantled at Parker Scarlet's. And, well, they were just absolutely stuffed, weren't they? And what can you do about that? You know, what can you do when it's just absolute power and brutality? Like, there's nothing you can do. The size difference between the packs on Friday night sort of thing. There was was occasions where the Bulls players were just picking up members of the Dragons front five. Like, do you mean it was... was, Mm. The, the 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 physicality the, the the size of them is just ridiculous. Like, well, just you, say, blokes, you say about the size. You say about the size. I've actually seen bigger visiting packs than the Bulls. You know, yeah. so I've seen a lot of French teams come to Ronnie mm-hmm. Grade, and you know, I I thought the Sharks had a bigger looking pack, but the Bulls are an incredibly strong team. I'd say they're probably the best. I think the stats back this up. I think they're the best scrummaging team right now in the URC. Right. I think they've gained the most penalties from opposition scrum. So. And let's not forget, Dragons have got a lot of injuries in their front five. You know, I think it's really hurt them missing Carter and Rowland to the second row. You know, we didn't have Fairbrother and, and Brown, although Fairbrother came on last week. But, you know, we was without him in the Scarlet. So we're not, you know, we're missing Rodri Jones, LED. So we have got injuries in our front five. But, um, yeah, it, it was um, it was very predictable, really. And for all the fighting endeavour that we showed, um, they just could not cope and contain with the power of the Bulls and um, like I said I, I don't know what you can do about that when it's just sheer power and brutality you know these South African teams they're another level in they you know their packs are just so strong 
But uh, the only way positive for the Dragons, I thought Bradley Roberts was great. Uh, Warren Gatland was sat just a couple of rows behind us in hospitality. I thought he was good, you know, especially in the loose. It was great to see Ollie Griffiths back. Um, even if it was for, you know, 40 minutes, it was still nice to see him. Uh, I thought Steph Hughes played well. You know, he's showing his consistency. I think he's been really good. Um, Lewis Jones, I'm afraid, was absolutely abysmal yet again. I mean, he, was been so, he has been so bad in these Christmas derbies. You know, that yellow card was so daft. You know, you're better off just letting him score the try because there's no guarantees they take the conversion. I mean, to punch the ball up like that, it's just brain dead, the stupidity. And I'm praying that uh, Gonzalo will be back fully fit uh, this week and Rodri comes back soon because we can't keep starting Lewis Jones at nine. You know, I'm sure he's a nice little game. Too, he's just not cut out for this level. Yeah, he did, but he didn't look fully fit. Uh, even my dad said that. He did, he, you know, he was a lot of uh, strapping and he just seemed a little bit off the pace and... I mean, it's either that or you bring on a 19-year-old Shea Hope, but we saw against the Scarlets that I think he's just a little bit too young and lightweight for this level, you know. But um, there's not much else to say, is there? You know, it's, it, it was always going to be uh, too much to ask, you know, but this is Dragon's seventh game now without a win. Um, yeah, and i got to be honest, I was looking at the fixtures list before we started recording. And I always get to this stage as a Dragons fan, every stage of season, every season where I look at the fixtures and I don't know where the next win is coming from. And I'm at that stage now. I honestly don't know where the next Dragons win is coming from at the moment. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's pretty tough at the moment. Um, but, but, you know, it is I, what it is, isn't it? When you listen to um, Dave Flanagan talk and he's like, you know, we, we need to find these great big 18-stone props and nurture them and look after them and you know what have we been doing for the last 10 years yeah do, do it's not just the I mean? dragons thing is it it's a Welsh no it's, it's all of us we don't produce us. big strong physical players and that's that's across the board you know it's it, it is a worry. Speak I don't know the answer is. Speak well i I tell you well what, in general yeah mm. i meant in general i know osprey's got a big pack but you know we, we could do it producing more big strong packs yeah, yeah. can we across the board is what i'm saying i suppose well, in a few I, units in each team. I went to watch the um, Scarlet's Dragons under-18s last Wednesday, and you had a prop um, who was probably the biggest player on the pitch. He's about six foot two, about my weight, and I weighed again today after Christmas, and all. Oh, and uh, he, he was about—he was a big lump of a boy. He played about 50, 60 minutes, and um, mm. if. If he can be just on size and shape, yeah, um, he's the sort of player that Di Flanagan is looking for. But it's whether you take somebody that age at 18 and go, right, okay, how do I get yeah. you from there? You know, they didn't look like a lot of muscle on him, I'll be honest. No. He just looked like a big kid. Mm. Do, do you know what I mean? You can build just, muscle, um, you know. You just reminded me of something from Saturday night when I was down at the Liberty, uh, one of the Q and A's, and my critic was saying there's one of the lads coming through. Obviously, they're searching internationally for Welsh qualified players as well. I can't remember the young lad's name. He's only a young boy, but he's six foot five, nineteen stone, and he's a prop. Mm. He is huge. And a prop when you're that tall. I know, I know, but I don't care. <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't matter how you prop when I just want to mention something about the uh, oh, sorry I just want to quickly mention this about the Dragons props because um, as you guys know I quite like stats 
uh, that I went on the URC website. I think you know what I'm going to say. <laughs> Have you seen the penalties conceded section of the URC <laughs> website? So Aki Louis, Dragons, who said prop, he's leading the way with 18 penalties conceded, right? I was born to bear in mind, these won't all be scrummaging. You know, mm. there'll be other things like offsides and all that stuff. But I I'd mean, say, most of them will be. Them the other week. Yeah, exactly. So Aki Salui is a penalty machine, right? Um, he's good in the loose, but scrum time, not very good at all. Second is Chris Coleman, who's a young prop. Um, I don't know what to make of Chris Coleman. Some people, the Dragons, he's rated quite highly at the Dragons. I'm yet to be convinced, but he is a young prop. Uh, he's conceded 17. So you've got two Dragons props in the top two for penalties conceded. So I think that tells you an awful lot, doesn't it, already? And, you know, stats don't lie. So. I think it's quite harsh that, that we blame scrummaging issues on props alone. If, you know, when, when your scrum collapses, it's always the penalty goes against the prop. And, you know, a scrum is, you know, eight men all pushing in the same direction sort of a thing. It's it's very much uh, the tighter and stronger everybody is, the, the better, you know, you perform up front. You can get away yeah. with a weaker prop if you've got, better power coming through and a better structure. It's a front five, isn't it? The front and, five being the most responsibility. If you go weak front five like the Dragons have at the moment, it's very mm-hmm. difficult to get yeah. power in the scrum. And against the Bulls, it's only it's going to end badly for yeah. you, isn't it? And that's kind so. of... When you've got Bismarck Duplessis coming off the bench to see the size yeah. of him a hooker, that's, yeah. that's ridiculous. That's the 70s porn yeah. star. I have never yeah, seen was. anyone <laughs> look more like a 70s. Yeah. And the hair, and I bet you if he, I bet you if he took his top off, he'd had a big hairy oh, chest wow. and a medallion down the middle there. He just had that feel about him. A medallion in the shape of a burger. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing I was impressed with um, from the Dragons was Di Flanagan after the game talking about. Um, Angus O'Brien. Angus O'Brien. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Great, and isn't it? I just thought, you know, even when, you know, he's obviously under a lot of pressure. Yeah, even just as his first season, and you always get that little bit of, you know, give him a season to, to get in and build his team and what have you. But to be able to say, you know, I'm no, I'm going to look after the guy. He says he's fine. He's passed his protocols, but he's had two concussions in three weeks. So I'm I'm sitting him out for his own good. Um, mm. That kind of says to me, Di Flanagan's here for the long run. Yeah, he's it's yeah. not. It's, this is a five year project for him. And, can, can I just say about like the, the fight back? Like you know, there, there, there's there's many spirited fight backs we've witnessed with sides that are not good enough, underpowered in the pack and things like that. But but it. The fight back was like quite intelligent as well. The, the tries that the Dragons scored were quite well worked, weren't they? Um, Paddy Roberts was like a very well executed oh, set piece move. And you could tell they've been doing that on the training paddock of a strong for a long time. And you yeah. know, when it comes off, it, it worked an absolute treat. And Max Clark's finish as well was fantastic. I thought he had a good game, actually. Yeah, Max absolutely. Clark. And yeah. nobody expected when it, like you said, when it was 17 years, I was watching it going like. Like yeah. I'm having a long night here. Like, but, but <laughs> the, the, the fight back was just it was, it was mm. and 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 some of the decisions went against you. Like, there was a couple of times when Griffiths was uh, well over the ball sort of thing and got pinged for it. Yeah, it, um, gone either way. Yeah. Mike Addison was determined not to give us anything all night. Um, you know. <laughs> We got on the wrong side of him very early on. And he, I, I don't particularly like Mike, Mike Adamson. I don't think he's a good ref. And I haven't got a lot of respect for him. I think he's pretty poor. But with him, once you lose him early, 
then he doesn't give you anything for the rest of the game. If you piss him off, really, you're not going to get anything for him. We didn't get anything out of Addison, very, very little. But then again, you know, with the power the Bulls had, what were we going you know, we to get? I think we won one scrum all night, I think it was. So uh, we didn't lose because of Addison anyway. You know, we just weren't good enough. We weren't powerful enough. But, uh, you know, like I said, it's, it's, per, you know, it's green shoots, you know. We were doing yeah. well and fight back. And you, you've got, when you keep losing, all you can do is take the positives. But for the Dragons now, it's trying to turn them from being plucky losers into winners. So that's what we want to see. You know, I don't want to keep, to keep happen, talking. Uh, yeah, but every week I feel like now, I, I, it feels like we've gone back to type and I'm having to talk about the same stuff all the time. And I want to get us from being plucky losers because there is an element of our fan base who settle for being plucky losers. And that's fine. That's up to them. But I want a bit more than that. I want to be, to be competitive and start winning games. Um, and that's the challenge now for Dave Flang. And this is his first big test, I think, as Dragons coaches he took over. How does he transition from them to being plucky losers into winners? Um, it's going to take time, I think, isn't it? You know? Yeah. 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 Okay. So we won't dwell too much on the Dragons because, you know, if, if Jamie had hair, it would turn grey. So, uh, you know, yes. we'll, we'll, we'll go from... I don't want the next bit. I'm, I'm fine with moving on to the Ospreys, if I'm honest. <laughs> Should we do Ospreys and then come back to Cardiff <laughs> Charlotte? Which way do you want to do it? Oh, let's get it over with. Yeah, yeah, OK. Get it okay. Let's get it over with, man. Well, um, oh. go on, Nick. Go on, you, you, you start and I'll... I'll finish six points. I think, like you know, to be fair, like I know I joked uh, on um, on WhatsApp that I wouldn't mention anything on the pods, like that <laughs> put you in a good light. I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna go against that now and say, like you know, we we you know we left ourselves too much to do and ask because you all played us in the first half. Um, I thought. Our, when I see that the back row named, I thought that's a fantastic back row, and it did cause damage later on with Falatau runs and stuff like that. But I think a lot of um, it's happened against the Ospreys, and it happened against Scarlets. It's sort of, sort of um, our breakdown work has sort of been worked out uh, a little bit by two teams in a row now, sort of things so that we're getting like absolutely shoved off the ball at um, at the breakdown. Um, I th- thought we had you in the scrum early on. I thought our hip returning was made a real impact, sort of thing. Even with a bad shoulder, um, he was looking. He was looking the part. I think your pack played magnificently. Like do you mean, just hammered into us, sort of thing. Um, I didn't like the fact that um, I think one of you mentioned before that um, they were waiting to see who won to give the man of the match. Uh, you know, just just give the man of the match, isn't it? Who's played yeah. best? Mm-hmm. Um, even though saying that, we left ourselves a lot to do. I thought Cardiff came back and looked at parts. We were playing at such a pace that I thought at one point we were going to steal it off you. Um, but it just, too many drop balls, too many mistakes. Uh, and what typified it for me was a high ball went up and Josh Adams came running at it. And go, well, I was like, here we go, because I thought we were in the ascendancy at that point. And he just dropped the ball. And like, it's very rare that Josh Adams does that. Um so that sort of typified the the whole night for me, um, but not taking anything away from the the way the Scarlets performed. I thought Dane Black, uh, like I, I after seeing that game, I put him in my uh, in my squad. Um, he's he's looking the part, and then I realise now why you don't uh, choose Hardy anymore. Um, he was in the autumn squad as well, Dane Black. I don't forget. Yeah, he was, he was yeah. in the autumn yeah. squad. Yeah. No, yeah. no, absolutely. He's, he's, He's a he's a he's a fine player that that keeps the game really ticking over, doesn't he? Like he like he I think he's the best scrub half in Wales at the moment. I yeah, know Thomas yeah. Young is number one, but on form, I think Dane yeah, Black no, is the no, best. I, I think he's great. 
Thomas Young yeah. made loads of mistakes in front of him and like he got outplayed by Dane Black. Uh, um, mm. oh, off the boy, a couple of games I hate losing team. derbies more than I hate losing other games. Um, I was not <laughs> like it, but, uh, <laughs> but and when we had that kick at the end to go, I thought, here we go, like the dragons, boys, like the dragons, like what have you. And then the line out, oh my god, three bloody hookers, <laughs> but uh, two of them have got caps, none of them can throw straight. It was, it's just. It's like ridiculous, like Jimmy, that professional rugby player. And I'm not saying I think they're all fine rugby players, like Jimmy. I, I cheer them on there uh, when I'm on um, behind the way dugout in the South Terrace. Uh, but oh my God, like they cannot hit a man for love nor money. Is but I think the the difference was that I mean it was quite windy on on Saturday night. Obviously, you can see it that was, on the yeah, Saturday. it was, yeah. But the, there's obviously something in the way that your lineouts being coached where because you can see when when the when a hooker's lining up and normally they'll they'll line up and then take a sneaky step to the left hmm. or, or take, take a sneaky step back to their side so the referee thinks they're throwing down the middle where actually it's it's not quite what your hookers do is they take a sneaky step away they take a little shuffle away so when they throw in down the middle, it's hitting the middle on the front man, but then by the time it gets to the second man, it's over. Mm. The problem with that is the referees go in, okay, well, that looks wonky, and if you don't get it right, you're, you're all over the shop. Do you know what I mean? You try and overcompensate, you try and undercompensate, and all sorts of stuff. So it's a difficult system to do. I, I tried. I, I used to be a front jumper when we we tried to do it, you know, when you wear Joe. And if you don't get it absolutely bang on right, you get found out every time. Mm -hmm. But I don't know, it just, there's something in in the way that they're throwing in. Because like I said, they're good hookers. They've they've all done it before. Fantastic rugby players. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But good scrummaging. Uh, Belch is a wicked scrummaging hooker. Yeah. Mm. and he's come on leaps and bounds this season. He's one of my, my most improved players. But that, that's the one frustrating thing. But I guess, yeah, it might be what you say. Well, um, for me, after 30 minutes, I thought, this this is it. <laughs> we're, we're sorted here. We're, we've got a bonus point wrapped up before half-time. Because um, just everything, every bounce, every, you know, you were kicking into the wind and it was bouncing and coming back. Mm-hmm. There were 50-50 calls that were going our way. You know everything that's not gone our way so far this season was was working. We were throwing stupid offloads that normally end up getting intercepted or getting booted fifty meters down the pitch, and they would go into hand. So mm-hmm. it just felt, you know, it, it felt whatever we were doing was just going to go right. Um, so to come back to you know we were three tries up in the first half, mm-hmm. and we didn't score a try in the second half. Um, uh, and second half was all Cardiff. Oh, yeah, it was it was a little bit squeaky bums. It was it did get to that bit, and and it was only the penalties, half pennies penalties. It was the difference between the sides, you know. So it was a great game. I I like you know, I enjoyed. You know, I, I think enjoy is wrong. <laughs> That's like the word to say. I'm not sure I even enjoy rugby, but I just keep going back for more every week. Like I said. But, uh, but um, yeah. yeah, I thought it was a great game to watch, sort of thing. You know, yeah. Even with the mistakes, uh, and I thought some uh, some players uh, continue to get better from our side. I'll let you talk about your players a bit more. But I, I think Ben Thomas, uh, he can play centre, full back, and outside half for us, and he's just turning into a fine player. Um, 
But also Mason yeah. Grady. I just saw one of the highlights there. Yeah, Mason Grady. And he absolutely yeah. smashed Jonathan Davis. Just like brushed yeah. him aside up the way, like he kept on going. He's you six know, foot I, five. I know, Mason yeah. Grady. yeah it's great. And he and he runs. I don't, you know, I'm not sure what his times are, but he's he's a, he's quick. Like an antelope. And, and that's the first time he's made that sort of uh, impact of, of a you know crash bowling and stuff like that. Um, but um, yeah, definite prospect, and uh, hope not like Max Llewellyn. Hopefully, we can keep hold of this one. <laughs> You've gone yeah, and torn it now, haven't you? I know, that's it. Oh, <laughs> that's good, everybody. <laughs> so why do we let these good players on the pitch so other people can see them and come yeah, and steal yeah. them? <laughs> Especially <laughs> Gatlin's here. Take him away. <laughs> Get him away. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. It was quite nice to see um, Joe Roberts for, for us as well. Now, he had a thing game. The, the, the and he did. Yeah. Because yeah. he, was, he was just starting to. The, the idea of Joe Roberts was he was going to come and take over from Jonathan Davis and it was all going to be lovely. And then he had a really nasty knee injury, I think it was, at the end of last season. Um, so that's only his, his one and a half game. He had half a game um, last week and then came off. And then to see him play the way he is after being out that long injured was really, really encouraging. Yeah. Um, so we've got another boy coming through the academy that played for Snesley against Ebervale called um, Eddie James. And Eddie James is 6'3", I think, and 17 stone, 16, 17 stone. So those two have kind of come through academy together. Sort of a thing, a bit like the way um, uh, Scott Williams came through with Jonathan Davis. So you do kind of get that feel that over the next couple of seasons, that's going to be our mainstay because it's been it's been the one area that we've kind of worried about there hasn't been a lot of depth in our centers so having him back has been quite encouraging um he's very busy good 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 feet wasn't he like he's, he's, and good from a standing start yeah he's an annoying little shit if you're playing against him he's an I know. <laughs> you just can't get hold of him he's do you know it's like Shane Williams used to be you you thought you got him and then like a bar of soap and he's gone sort of thing and and he's a he's a big abrasive runner so yeah there's a there's a lot of trust being put in in the future for Joe Roberts so i um i watched that game as a neutral but i'm not going to lie you would have preferred if cardiff had won because now it looks like Scarlets are chasing <laughs> up the Dragons now. So we're going to end up probably being the worst Welsh region as per. But oh, no, um, no, I got to say, no. right. Jamie, I'm sorry. I, I, I can't believe I'm going to say this. I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad the Scarlets beat them. Although the Blues are going to you know, got a bonus point. Cardiff, not Blues. Don't upset <laughs> the Twitter lot, please. He, he does it on purpose, <laughs> doesn't he? <laughs> sorry, so I'm I was glad Cardiff got that bonus point because, you know, and if, if the Ospreys had won, you know, we would have been up there with them on joint. But, um, oh, hey, have luck. We'll move on to that after. Yeah. Sorry, crack yeah. on. Right, you, well, I, I disagree with everything you just said, then. So I don't <laughs> I, think I'm, I'm worried. I'm worried. Yeah. <laughs> you have it, Jake. <laughs> I'm worried the Cardiff going to have that season that we had last year where we, we had a, like a good first half of the season and then just sort of fell away where we started games really well and then lost really badly late, later yeah. on sort of thing. And I think the cracks are starting to show a little bit now. And um, yeah. well, we'll get to predictions later, but like, yeah, yeah. we'll be watching the results of the people we're playing coming up in Europe. Like, it's just, like last time we played them, it, it, it was like they were losing to everybody, but it's not the case yeah. now with either of our sides. <laughs> but I, I did try to watch it with a neutral head. 
And uh, I got to say, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a good game. A good um, game. Yeah. And I did see a tweet from a Scarlet Sport. We said Cardiff would have been deserving winners. I disagree. I actually think Scarlet's deserved to win. I thought they were the better team. Yes. Holy fuck, boys. Well. Stop, the, stop the show there because that's Carwin and Jason. In, in like I am the most balanced minutes. person on this podcast. <laughs> Everyone knows I'm the most balanced. And I always be fair and honest. I'm not like you lot. I can see the wood from the trees. I'm not one eyed. Okay. <laughs> you lot are so horribly one eyed about your own teams. You can't be neutral. Well, I can. Okay. So, Scarlet's. You could be neutral. Team. I'm going to be watching you now. I can't. Of the like, I'm going to no fuck out, Jay. <laughs> Start digging the hole. Jamie <laughs> said. <laughs> No, but um, you was talking about like Cardiff. I think they set piece them down. I mean, they have got a serious lineup problem, haven't they? You know, Dragons got a scrum problem. Cardiff got a lineup, and they really got to address it. Um, yeah. Well, who pressed me for the scars? I thought Dan Davis is excellent. I've talked about him before on this Spender. pod. I really mm-hmm. like him. Um, Stephen Thomas from Wales Online wrote a piece about him today, and he sort of um, said he could be a, a contender for the Six Nations squad. Now, I won't go that far. Because, you know, he's had a lot of injuries. He's had two very good games. I but I don't think he should be leapfrogging someone like Thomas Young yet. But I do like Dan Davis. Mm. Uh, I was impressed with another Wales online favourite, Carwin Tobolado. I thought he played a very good shift, in fairness to him. Um, from the off of course, as well. From the off, yeah. yeah. Joe Roberts, again. Um, very. Imp- I, I don't know a lot about Joe Roberts. So it's the first time I really watched him in close detail. I thought he was very good. And the old war horses, again, you know, Ken, Foxy... Uh, I thought they were too. I thought Jordan Davis was very, very good. Actually, you know, he won a couple of key turnovers as well. And um, on the whole, I thought it was a good game. But I, we have to talk about the officiating, right? And I don't want to get ranty about it now. But Joy Neville was the ref for this game, right? And I like Joy Neville. I've got a lot of time and respect for it. I do think she's a very good referee. But I will say, I did think she lost control of this game big time. It started to get to the point where she kept missing incidents on the pitch. And, you know, referees can't pick up on everything. But the TMO constantly had to say, 50-22, offside, high tackle. He kept chipping in all the time because she was missing so many incidents. And it got to the point where he was almost guiding her. The TMO, Brian, Mc- Brian McNeese, I think it was, he was almost guiding her a little bit, you know. And I thought, well, she's got to get a grip of this game. And you can argue about, you know, the yellow cards, you may say two of them should have been red. I mean, you can argue that amongst yourselves, but somebody should have seen a red in this game. Somebody should have seen red, whether it's Tamani, whether it's Steph Thomas. I personally thought Steph Thomas should definitely have seen red. There was mitigation with Tamani, but again, if he got sent off, I wouldn't have had any complaints. I don't think I went elsewhere because it was a very nasty blow to the head. But the fact, you know, the ball carrier was dipping, I, you know, he got away with one. But um, somebody should definitely see the red in this game. And it is a bit of a shame. I thought the officiating was uh, a bit of a letdown in this game. But other than that, I thought it was very entertaining. I was speaking to a friend and saying, like, I, I, I well, watching it, like, you know, and you, you, you're going to accuse me of being one-eyed now, aren't you? But, um, but I, I, I did think that, like, she, she was very clear, like, you know, every, everybody was explained everything to, like, you know, and if this happens... I'm doing this, and then she did it, like you know. So, so they, you know, mm-hmm. it wasn't completely loss of control. I thought she had like a decent game in parts. Yeah, I the bit I thought she got actually most of the things right, but I think the bits that she got wrong were the big calls. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it said that that Timani one, the the first hit that he had was just so aggressive against the head that even with the mitigation taken into account and. You know, you, we can debate that all day, but that level of impact on a head 
is, is it just looked bad. But then, like about two minutes after that, there was an incident on Scarlet's line, Cardiff were attacking Scarlet's line, and the TMO tried to call it back for another high tackle. I think it was Jared Evans um, did smack somebody straight in the head, and he was calling it back, and but somebody was talking to her, and I think we cleared the ball and it had gone for a line-out or something. And it was right on to the next play and gone before she heard him say, hang on, I've got another head contact for you to look at. So there were little bits like that. I thought Shingler's yellow card was a piece of shit. It's one, it's stupid to go and do that at that time of the game. To go and do that it. surprised me that did. I honestly got yeah, it. Oh, okay. <laughs> but it was, it's one of those things that, you know, if you get away with it, then all of a sudden that's that's a penalty. Scarlets in the the Cardiff twenty two, and you know it's it's one of those. It's an old school kind of stupid thing. But to treat that the same way as you did, Tamani's decapitation, just kind of that. You know the the balance between the two didn't feel right. And there was another one just before Tamani got taken off by Dai Young. He literally upended Shingler. You know, mm-hmm. he was he was he was quite legal in the ruck, and he upended him and and spiked him. And the uh, the only reason he didn't actually hit the ground is because he spiked him into the ruck. So I think there was a couple of big calls there that kind of um, overshadowed the rest of it. If that makes sense, you know, they, we 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 do tend to look at those bigger calls. Having said that, from a consistency basis those calls are made in exactly the same way that calls are made in previous games so I think it's more about some of the guidelines the officials are given about what is mitigation and you know there's when when you've got that passive tackle yeah so what, what they call that passive tackle um, that Sam Costello is still out with a, um, uh, a HIA protocols for you know two and a half weeks three weeks you know at a time when he should be pushing for a welsh place from a passive tackle that because the guy was upright like that um and like you just said jane you know head contact is head contact Mm -hmm. so but so it's consistent with what's gone before it's just is it consistently wrong um that's you know don't get me wrong they they, they were it was that shingle thing just really irritated me. From a... it was silly, was there? It, it was shit housing, but it was dumb shit housing because yeah. you know you, if you get away from it, it's fine. But yeah. it, at that stage of the game as well, yeah. Scarlets were clear to close it out and to do that, it yeah. gave Cardiff an opportunity. And well, they posted it up anyway, but it's not the point, is it? You know, you no, probably it, it could that. have easily gone gone wrong. But yeah. Yeah, other than I thought Shingra had, had, had a great game, I thought there were so did, many, yeah. yeah, so many of our play. I think it was a team to get. Like I said last week, I think Moriarty's done us a favour by you know trying to wind people up and all of that. And and I think they've had a bit of a chat and gone right, okay, you know this this is how we do it from now on, boys. So yeah, I was I was happy. Um, it's, the the officiating is never going to be hundred percent, but. Like I say it was consistent yeah. for me. It's consistently poor, and that's. Yeah. But I will be fair as well. Let's be honest. This is the first good team now the Scots have beaten this season. 
haven't they? Yeah. yeah. And I'll give credit where it's due because before that, I know he was on a bit of a run, but you've beaten Zebra, you've beaten understrength teams at Challenge Cup, you beat the Dragons, you know, not they're not good teams, are they? But beating Cardiff at Cardiff Arms Park, for me now, this is a statement. And I do think the Scars can definitely push on. They've got momentum. They seem to have confidence, though. Mm. You know, even Dwayne Peel had a spider on his face, which yeah. we haven't seen all season. So, so before we move on to the Ospreys game car, the, the bit I like uh, uh, about that was the the look on the commentator's face. So uh, our friend Tom the Taff was absolutely distraught after 30 minutes. He could barely bring himself to even commentate on the game. And you've got him and Shane Williams trying to describe what's happening in a scrum. Uh, <laughs> and, you're, uh, <laughs> and you're sitting there going like, boys, why, why are you even trying you've just most props haven't got a clue what's going on in the scrum and you've got a winger and a center who've never been anywhere near a scrum trying to describe how a tight head prop keeps the pressure on and stays upright (laughs) what no boys and then and then he says so bearing in mind neutral he's, he's a neutral commentator so twice before our time he said well, you know, we'll be playing into this wind in the second half. You know, we will be playing into the wind in the second half. I just thought, oh, <laughs> you, there you go, mate. That's all I needed. So, so yeah. Good Cardiff boy. Neutral. But this, this is kind of, I don't mind it so much when people put their hand up and they go, you know, I'm a, I'm a Cardiff supporter and I'm commentating on Cardiff, or I'm a Scarlet supporter and I'm commentating on Scarlet. So you've got to take everything I say with a pinch of salt. When they try to pretend to be neutral and they try to pretend that they're not influenced by the game, it, it, you know, let's let's be honest. Everybody sees through it. Everybody knows it, and you you can't help but go, you know, that's my team that's out there. That's playing. why I could not be a commentator. I couldn't well, do you, it. Yeah, you could if it wasn't an Os- if you were commentating on anybody else, uh, bar the Ospreys, it's it's a bit easier, isn't it? You know, well, of course, yeah, yeah. It's and or maybe like for you, you wouldn't commentate about the Scarlets. I wouldn't commentate uh, about Ospreys. But if I was watching Dragons and Cardiff, I you know I'd enjoy that game as a neutral, and you know it, it's anyway. No, I could be was... a commentator because I'm professional and balanced, as everyone who listens to this podcast knows. <laughs> ah, uh, don't know what you're laughing yeah. for, boys. You know I'm right. How's <laughs> that martini beer going? Anyway, good stuff. Exactly. Yeah, good stuff. 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 Yeah, good Ospreys and so before we talk about the game, Carwin, tell us about your experience in your your little Christmas yeah. present, mate. Tell us tell us what that was like. Since I've been I've been living in Ireland five years, I only moved back last August. Um, that was my first visit back to the Liberty since I've been home, and you know what? it was fantastic. Firstly, a shout out to the crowd because the atmosphere was buzzing, absolutely buzzing, and there was a, a big group of young. Um, Irish schoolboys from Rath Mines with all their big Leinster flags, and they were making the atmosphere as well. It, you know, it, it was great. Um, but again, from, from the point of view, I went up. To, I was uh, my president was up into the executive club. We had uh, Lloyd Ashley, um, who was uh, comparing there for us. Uh, brought on Q and A with Mike Ruddock, um, and then we had Gareth Anscombe and uh, Cuthy. They um, did a Q and A with us as well. 
and good food throughout. And then afterwards, we had um, Reese Davis and Keelan Giles come up, still, still in their kit, absolutely shattered, and came and spoke about the game to us as well. Uh, now, from my point of view, I don't know if that's right. But, you know, you play a game, you, you're knackered, you just want to get showered, relax and chill with your families or whatever. Um, but still, it was, an, it was an amazing experience. We were, I was right on the halfway line at the top in the comfortable seats. Uh, the food was great. The chat was great. Meeting some people like I, I you know, like I mentioned to uh, Scott on Lloyd Ashley, uh, Tom Sloan as well, um, and hopefully uh, we're going to get them on the podcast soon. Um, especially dealing with um, the well-being of, of, of mental health uh, within the sport and, and what they do after for men and women, and just listening to the guys' stories. Well, you know, Scott, that, yeah. yeah, well, if, you know, Scott retired. I let him tell you his story, but he. She retired from the game like 18 months ago now, or just over, and, and was in a, in, a, in, a, in a big dark hole, you know. But uh, I let them, I let them talk about that. That's, that's not for me to, to go into. Uh, but it, it was uh, quite humbling to be honest, listening to these guys. Um, so yeah, that was absolutely fantastic. But but you know, moving on, onto the match, wow, absolutely wow. Um, it was brutal. It was physical, and. Let me just start off by, you know, in the game, uh, Matty Prothero came off with an arm injury. Um, and I think the oldest boy in the back line was Michael Collins. And we, I think the average age was like 22 in our back line. You know, and for such a young team, in the backs, I thought they did superbly well. Um, again, you know, we, we all know about Kieran Williams. I've banged on about him for the last few weeks, you know. Uh, wow, what a superb, superb player. An absolute tank of a lad. You know, thought we had a great game. Um, I thought Alan Wynn contained Reese Ruddock pretty well. And I, Reese is isn't a small lad, you know, and he's a, he's an ox. Mm, um, but I thought, he is, and I thought Alan Wynn contained him uh, admirably, shall I say? Um, yeah, I don't want to dwell on on some of the mistakes that I thought were should have been penalised because um, it happens in every game, no matter who's playing. You know, the ref hasn't got three eyes. Um, but I do put part of the blame to the, the, the touch judges um, for not seeing some of these glaring things that I could see 100 metres away or whatever, you know, wherever I was up in the stands. Um, I thought Leinster were... What's the word? I think they played the margins extremely well. Because I thought they were offside quite often. Um, but that's just... I don't know. I'm trying to be impartial, but... From my one-eyed point of view, I thought there was a few times they were in that offside and, and the ref just didn't pick it up. Um, and you could hear the crowd. You, uh, they could see it. I could see it from where I was. And, and it, was, it was just frustrating because I thought it was a great game. Um, you know, the Ospreys pack absolutely pummeled Leinster. Absolutely pummeled them. Uh, like like I, you know, I text you boys saying 14 Ospreys. Say or yes, they dads can come out. We'll get and go for the eight October for Osprey's pack. Who knows? Um, there's lots of contenders there, isn't there? Um, they were they were fantastic. Nicky Smith on another level. Dowie Day. <laughs> oh, oh, fantastic! Absolutely fantastic. And when Gareth when Gareth Thomas came on, I was watching it and he was all around that park. He was playing like a centre. You know, he was he was everywhere into everything. Um, and if, but watch, you know, Leinster's tried uh, Brian there, uh, uh, Hugo Keenan. Was it Hugo Keenan scored, didn't he? 
Was that my my fourth year? I'm not Keenan, sure. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. And he glided through, and it was the game changer for me. You know, I thought oh, we do well to come back at that bonus point. There was a couple of little mistakes there that when we were in there 22, I think Alwyn he, he dropped the ball. He wasn't looking. He dropped the ball. Went on the 22. They went up the other end and scored. And there was another occasion as well. Um, but it was a strong length of team. You know, it wasn't. They were. They were a couple of players missing from top level, but it was a strong length of team with a young backline, like I mentioned. We'd hammer them in the backs. We stood up to them. Sorry, hammer them in the forwards. Stood up to them in the backs. I tell you what, we were unlucky not to win that game. Very unlucky. It was fine margins, I thought. Um, but as an experience, I really enjoyed it. I had a, I had a great day out. Um, and I mentioned that I put that on Twitter and just said thank you very much for the experience. I can't wait to come again. Um, and it was excellent. It, it, was, it, it was a game of fine margins. Um, and it, it could have gone either way. Obviously, it went Leinster's way. Um, but the... Um, the Leinster uh, committee, committee men who were over, um, a couple of them came over. They, they gave a little, a little speech after, and they were highly uh, praising the Ospreys, you know, as, as a formidable team. And they said they, they spoke to the players in the change room after the game. They just said they were glad to get out of it. Just it, it was that tough a game, you know. Um, I and I think we are building. We're going in the right direction. Um, and you know, bear in mind, we, we had a few. Top players missing as well, like you know, and we dealt with that injury uh, to Prodero in the first half. Like, and I'm going to take my hat off the air. I'm going to hold my hand up because actually on the way down, I was saying saying to to the wife, I said, you know, what? I don't particularly rate Kai Evans. Yeah, when I watch him play, he's no spark there or anything. But you know, what? he had a storming game. You know, he, he mm. went uh, onto the wing after that. He nailed all his kicks. He had some cracking touch finders. His defense was superb. So. Kai, if you're listening, I think that's too well done, boy. Change my mind. You know, but fantastic. How can your um, dad be a Scarlet's legend? Yeah, one of the greatest players to ever come out of Snetley, and you go end up playing in bloody Swansea. Come as on, mother's son. Son. Come on. <laughs> mother's <son. laughs> no, I, I thought the bit that impressed everyone, I think, was was just humping the Leinster scrum. I've never seen a Leinster scrum get picked and driven that way before. And they, they obviously did their homework. They obviously worked on it. And, uh, yeah, it's if, if there'd have been a bit more to the game for, for the Ospreys, they might have nicked it. Right? Yeah, there, there was one area, um, I think it was, in the, it was in the second half. We were in our 22 and we were defending the ruck or whatever. I can't remember which Leinster player it was. I think it might have been um, Sheehan. And he came flying, like he dived into there, like Superman. And, and if our lad hadn't stood up quick enough, mm. he would have been completely wiped out. And it, the touch judge is like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. He didn't, he didn't make contact. Yeah, but if he point, did, it? no, it's not the point. It was just yeah. completely dangerous play. Um, but you see Leinster get away with it all the time, especially when oh, they're Leinster. Uh, yeah. you know, and it's, it's one of the things that we were discussing earlier, wasn't it, before we started recording, was, you know... Uh, at some point, somebody's got to make a, a, a stand. I think the, the rules are there. I, I don't yeah. think it's about we need more rules. I think it's about, you know, we, ha- we have to enforce this rule about your head has to be above your hips at all times. If you want to ruck, your head has to be above your hips. 
So if you're going into a ruck and you're aiming downwards like that, penalty. Oh, mate, it, it, was a but it was a version between Superman and Michael Phelps. You know, mm. the way he went into that, it, it, it was crazy. But, uh, you know, this is a team who brought on as a sub uh, World Player of the Year, Josh van der Fleer. <laughs> yeah, you know, it did laugh um, that. Was, Oh, my God. You know, it was fantastic. It was fantastic to see as a supporter. They like, bang, with this team, they didn't let anyone down. Uh, been on a roll since Montpellier, um, who we're now playing again this week. Mm-hmm. And, um, well, yeah, it's great. We're going forward, and I can't wait. I can't wait. Um, we'll, we'll talk about the Montpellier game, game surely, but really proud effort with the boys there. And I think on that on that game, on, on that that showing, they deserve a far bigger crowd. We had, it was a decent crowd. Um, I'm not sure the, the attendance was. But, um, it was four thousand odd, I think. There must have been two thousand on one side, two thousand on the other, because it felt like a lot more. Mm. Um, yeah. Because they didn't stop, like you know, and it was fantastic. Yeah. To be fair to our space, I thought they were terrific. I did that. I, I was willing them on. I really wanted them to beat Leinster, and the pack. Oh my god, it, it was so good. I haven't seen a Leinster pack get bullied like that. Well, the last time I can remember was probably when it was uh, against La Rochelle in the Champions Cup about three, four years yeah. ago. But the way the pack just bullied and destroyed. I mean, that led to scrum. They had them on toast. Nicky Smith was terrific. I mean, that clip that's going around social media. Oh, my God. It was terrific. Dowie Lake was brilliant. I'm a big fan of Dowie Lake. And I did joke about this on Twitter, but I said that uh, it went to shit for Ospreys when um, Dowie Lake went off. You know, and it, it was tongue-in-cheek. But actually, you know, I said it for a laugh. I think it's true. When he went off, Manchester yeah. took the lead and they started to go... Got Mr. Lead. Tucker, Long Keenan, and they scored yeah. that try. I'm like, you slipped off. Well, well, I want to say as well, you mentioned Kiva Williams there, right? I was absolutely delighted when he was named man uh, playing the match, right? For two reasons. Number one, because I thought he was outstanding and he deserved it. And number two, how nice to see a player from the losing side get player of the match. And it's something we need to see more often in rugby. The yeah. player of the match does not always have to come from the winning team, Mr. Shanklin. Or any Ooh, other he's gone, he's, oh, he's gone and he's said the name. <laughs> no, no, to be fair, he did, he, 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 I don't know if you saw it, I did put this out. I didn't tag Tom Shanklin, I didn't mention him, but I said, you know, other commentators need to take note that the player of the match doesn't always have to come from the winning team. And Mr. Shanklin replied, and he said that he agreed with you, but he said um, the post-match interview with a player can get a little bit awkward um, sometimes, which is why he normally goes for players in the winning team. Which, on the one hand, one hand, fine, yeah, I get that, but I still think you've got to pick the best player in the match, regardless yeah. of whether he's on the winning team or not. And I'm really, it would have been easy to give it to Leinster to a Leinster yeah. player. You could have given it to Ruddock, and I thought Jack Conan was great. You could have given it to a number one of them. But the best player had it, and Kieran Williams was fantastic. And I really hope to see him in the Six Nations squad. Yeah, oh, credit to yeah. Ospreys. He did really well. Really, really well. Leinster and Leinster. They don't accept losing, do they? They no, always they don't. fight. And that's what good teams find do. Away. You know? You've got teams like the Dragons who find ways to lose. And then you've got teams like <laughs> Leinster. No, I'm being serious, though. I'm being serious. That's what bad teams do. Teams but the Ospreys will learn lose. from that. They will learn. Take that forward into matches going forward. You know, that's an experience they don't want to go through again because they played superbly. Yeah. You know, with with other players to come back in. Well, yeah. Let's have let's have a little look at what our predictions were last week then, right? So the the, the final score, Leinster won by five points, right? So Reese, you predicted that one bang on, you said Leinster by five. 
Carwin, you said Ospreys by five. Jamie, Leinster by three. And I said Leinster by ten. So, yeah, all in all. I mean, you were furthest away there, Car, obviously. But, yeah, it was, we were... Not in, the first, not in the first half, I wasn't. No, but, you know, it's not one. <laughs> it's, it's not a 40-minute game, is it? So, um, Cardiff and Scarlets. So, Reese, you had Cardiff by three. <laughs> ah, yeah. Uh, Carwin, you are Cardiff by 15, and, and I'm loving that one. Uh, Jamie, Cardiff by 10, and I had Scarlet's by 5, uh, and it was Scarlet's by 6. And then Dragons and Bulls, uh, end result was Bulls by 15. Um, so I had Bulls by 10. Jamie, you had Bulls by 15. You were bang on. Carwin, you were bang on as well. And Reese, you were crazy. You were Bulls by 20. So, yeah. So not a no. It wouldn't. I think that's our best kind of week of uh, of guessing. And come the end of Friday night, me and Reese were still in the game. You know, and usually after the first game on a Friday night, me and Reese have given up and and not even worried about what happened. Is that the first that. one I've got right? This season. Season. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> so. um Let's have a look at this week's game. So we've got two games on Friday night this week. We've got Scarlets and Cheetahs and um, Poe versus Dragons on Friday night. So which one do you want to look at first on those? Scarlets and Cheetahs? Cause that's yeah, the top. So given what we did before to them, um, and this time they're travelling down to us, getting a fine West Wales soaking, um I'm expecting something similar, so I'm, I'm going to go Scarlets by ten on that one, just because um, I, I think we're on a bit of a roll, and I can't see that being any different on, on there. So, who who else wants to have a guess at that one? I'll say Scarlets by fifteen. Scarlets by fifteen. So I, 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 I am. Dropping. I think you're, you're, you're hitting the heights. You don't know, like you're coming good. <laughs> you're beating the Cardiff. <laughs> sorry, yeah. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Did you see though the um Reese the Sharks lost again to uh, Connor? Oh, to Connor. Yeah. I mean yeah. that's the level you're at now, mate. That you, that whole <laughs> kind of you know mate, mate. Oh. when all this turns around, that part's gonna be wicked. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's uh, true, that's true, yeah. Connor did him. Right. <laughs> Carwin, your uh, your prediction for Scarlet's cheaters. Oh, God, I can't believe I'm going to say this. Scarlet's by seven. Sorry, I, I, my, I think I scratched Scar- out Scarlet's by... Yeah, I, I don't need to repeat myself. You, you can listen to the pod if you want to hear it again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> uh, Jamie, what's, uh, what's your prediction, mate? Yeah, I'm going to go for the Scarlet's. They've got a bit of confidence, momentum. Um, they're at home. I don't really see... She does cause them too many problems. I'll go for Scarlets by um, ooh, let's have a look. Seventeen. Yeah, I think it'll be a big win for them. Groovy. Okie Koki. So then an hour later, I mean a, a kick off at eight and a kick off at nine, that's just it doesn't help, does it? So a nine o'clock kickoff, because it's in In France. Yeah. yeah. Nine o'clock in France. Yeah. Um, is Poe versus Dragon. So, James, what's your prediction on that one? Well, if Dragons did what they should have done in December and beat Poe at home, 
I wouldn't particularly care about the outcome of this because we'd be in a good position. But because they fucked it, they got to get something from this game. And we have a one in seven games. It's never easy to play in France, whether it's Champions Cup, Challenge Cup, regardless of the team Paul put out, it's not going to be easy. Um, you know, we have a one in seven. They have a one in three. Um, I'm struggling to see a win for us, yeah? I really am. So, um, yeah, I'm going to have to go for And I don't know what the squad is going to look like. You know, is Di Flanagan going to put probably the strongest team? Or is he going to rest some players? Because he's talking about players running on fumes after that Bulls defeat. And that's really worrying, that is. So, um, yeah, I'm afraid I'm going to have to go for Poe by nine points. Poe by nine. I'm getting very technical here, boys. I'm recording this down now as we're saying it. This This is... This is the peak of technological this is, advancement. This is the improvement. That <laughs> this is Mark II, this is. We, so, we, uh, yeah, we've come on from the Acorn Electron now. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, the little notepads that keep getting lost <laughs> yeah. in drawers. <laughs> I still can't find it. I still yeah. can't find it. <laughs> Jamie, you know, before you said that scoreline, that was the scoreline I was going for. I was going to say power by nine. Yeah. Just, just purely on the basis that I, they still have something to play for in that group. Um, and they have beaten you, and I don't think they want to lose that game. You know, I think they're going to go into it, and I think they're going to beat you by nine. I think the Dragons will give a good account to themselves, regardless. I think they'll do do well out there. But I think what I will say, that... if Dragons don't get anything from this game, they need to get at least a losing bonus point. They can still get out of this pool. Um, we also need Stade Francais to not get anything in the next couple of games. But if they come away from this game pointless without the win or any losing bonus points, I think I don't think they're going to get out of this pool. So it is yeah. a pretty important game, but I, I don't trust the Dragons at the minute. I really don't. I think they're shattered physically and mentally, and I just don't see them. Yeah, it's been a tough slog for them. It's been a tough slog the last few weeks. Yeah, enough, enough. So, Reese, what's your uh, what's your prediction? Um, yeah, out in France. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a tough ask, isn't it? So, uh, I, yeah, around about 15. Oh, by 15. Well, no, no, he said dragons by 15, he said. <laughs> 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 okay, so I, I, I'm going to piss Jamie off now. So, I, I, I'm I'm going to go dragons by two points. I, I, I genuinely think, yeah, that sometimes when... When you're that far down and you've had kicking after kicking, that that kind of backs to the wall mentality kicks in, and sometimes it's enough. You know, I, I think I, I keep saying if you can get the ball to your wings, you you can beat anyone. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go for dragons by two, and I think hey, we'd all love that. We'd all love to see that. Yeah, and I just say it, it's gonna come at some point. So I'm gonna predict that it's gonna come this week. Um, they but... lost at home to the Cheetahs as well, Paul. I just remembered. So I'm kind of, well, I'm trying to be optimistic here. But if the Cheetahs can go there and get a result, maybe Dragons can. I don't know. Yeah. And, maybe. you know, some French sides can be very um, emotional about these things. And, uh, you know, yeah. whereas I just, yeah, anyway, I'm Dragons by two for me. So. Sunday, we'll come on to the big one in a minute, Car. Okay, so yeah. um, Sunday, Cardiff at home to Newcastle, one o'clock kickoff on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. So where that, does that work better for people at one o'clock on a no, Sunday? No, I hate it. Yeah, no, yeah. it's not like a Sunday kickoff. Yeah, yeah I think um... if it's like a three o'clock on a Sunday, I don't know. I don't know. Does that work? You'll be tucking into your roast lamb at one o'clock on a Sunday, say. Hmm. 
Any birthday on a Sunday, like fr- Friday's bad enough. I don't, I don't want Saturdays. <laughs> but uh, so, what's what's your expectations for the? Um, yeah, have a look at the results of uh, Newcastle after this. They beat Sale. They they lost to Bath, which is you know, uh, it was at Bath, but still, yeah, these days that's uh, that's a bit of a loss. But then they've hammered uh, Leicester. Uh, Sorry, yeah, they absolutely hammered them, didn't they? Yeah, forty five. They put forty five points on them. Uh, Leicester got twenty six, but still forty five points. Um, it, it's at Cardiff. I think we're going to be hurting from uh, losing two two games to uh, some of our closest rivals. If <laughs> I said that a lot. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to predict a Cardiff win, uh, but I'm looking over my shoulder, and I think it'll be a lot closer game than it was the last time. Um, but it all depends how serious um, Newcastle are taking it. The side that we we tore apart up in Newcastle, like isn't the side that probably beat Le- Le- Leicester. So I'm going to say Cardiff. Um, I'm going to say by five. It's a brave, brave prediction. Carwin, what, what, yeah. what are you going for? I think if Newcastle bring the team that beat Leicester, it could be a tasty game. Um, and but with that in mind, I still think Cardiff to win by eight. Ooh. More confident than me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hang on, let me find eight. There we go, lovely. All right, Jamie. Well, Newcastle have played two, lost two, and got zero points. Right, so for me, I think talking about their league results is irrelevant because it's a different yeah. competition. And are they going to put out their strongest team? No. Are Cardiff going to put out their strongest team? The top of the pool. Some of those players need a rest, don't they? Reese, as you know, I don't yeah, think no. Cardiff are going to play Cracking. a strong team. I think you could see a game between two, you know, sort of reserve teams, if you like. I think they're going to be two much-changed teams. Um, and I probably will go for, for Cardiff to win this, because purely I am at the Arms Park, so I'll go for Cardiff by... I don't think we'll, like, we'll put up the ranks. I don't think we'll completely oh, no, change no, everything. No. But I you think are we'll have a core changes. of players and then, yeah, yeah, yeah change up some of the... the... Not the key yeah. positions, if you like. Yeah. But is Josh Adams, Thomas? Do you expect them to yeah, play yeah. in this game? Yeah, I, I, I expect like they're probably Reese Priestland at ten and that sort of yeah. game. So, yeah, yeah. You can afford to lose this one. You don't. This is not a must-win game for Cardiff. You're sitting pretty at the top. Newcastle, are, well, you know they haven't got any points yet, so you know it's it's looking fine for you either way, isn't it? I think. So, how many points did you say, Jim? Cardiff by? I think I what I can't remember. Um, <laughs> it's, that beer. Beer. it's that beer. I'm getting a <laughs> no, box of that stuff for next week. <laughs> eight. Cardiff by eight. Cardiff by eight. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I think the same Newcastle, the, the side that plays in the league, isn't going to be the one that turns up. Um, but then you know, you've got to rest like Falatel. Uh, I think you've probably got yeah. to rest Thomas Young. Um, you've probably got to rest Thomas Williams. You know, the, the, the boys have played a fair bit of, of, of rugby. So I'm I'm going to say Cardiff, but I'm going to say Cardiff by one point because I, I, I think it will be a, a close game, but I don't, I don't really know which way it's going to go. So I'll say Cardiff by one. So now we come on to the big one, the mainland, the uh, the head honchos. Uh, Osprey's Montpellier car. Oh, you know I'm really excited about by this game. You know, if 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 we win, um, I'm not sure if it's for the bonus point, but we could be in the uh, the knockout stages with a win in this game. Um, oh, 
you don't know what you know what Montpellier are going to do after losing to us. Are they going to turn up with the the, the big guns complete go for us? Um, I don't know. Um, oh, of course, I'm going to say Osprey's going to win, and I think it's going to be a close game. I, I Osprey Osprey's by four. It's going to be a really nervous, tense game. Osprey's by four. What I love about that is the fact that it felt really painful for you to predict that score. <laughs> the, it, it's oh. hard, mix, I, I, it is because you know, rolling out. No one, no yeah. one, no one thought, no one thought we were going to go down to Montpellier and win down there. And look at us, you know, it's mm. uh, it's, it's it's changed our season. Um, if they back that up, I mean, um, happy, and we got players coming back in. Happy days, roll on. Watch out the rest of you. Cool. <laughs> So, uh, Jamie, what's, what's your prediction? Well, look, if the Ospreys can go to France and beat Montpellier in their own backyard, I don't see any reason why they can't do it in Swansea. Mm. You know? And we've seen, you know, they'll have a, uh, a strong squad out. The pack, we know, has been going really well. Um, I'm going to go for an Ospreys win. Absolutely. An Ospreys by seven for me. Seven. Good luck to them. I hope they do it. They really do. So, Reese, what's your uh, what's your call? Yeah, very similar. I think like after that pack performance, uh, I think confidence is high even after losing to Leinster. They they just seem to have a bit of a spring in their step. Uh, I'm going to go for Ospreys, but by three, close game. Oh, but, uh, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> cool, right? Okay. So I've had a couple of questions off um off Ospreys fans on on Twitter and what have you this week and on on Facebook. You know, am I am I actually capable of predicting an Ospreys win and this that and the other? So the answer to that is no. So I'm going more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's a spoiler sport. You've heard the years first to those listeners. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm there. Yeah, but I think the referee, the referee was the first one asking the question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go Montpellier by five. I just, I, just, uh, I think they will kind of want to level things up. And I may well be wrong, but it's just going to be funny watching the, the reaction to some of the people on, uh, on, on Twitter for that one. So I'm going to enjoy that. Um, yeah. So... We shall see how that one comes next week. Lovely jubbly. So the other bit that we're expecting next week, so we're going to have to rattle through this quite quickly, gents, um, is probably by the time before our next podcast comes out, Gatland's expected to have announced his um, Six Nations um, squad. Uh, I think that's going to be announced next Monday morning, dear. I think it's either next Monday or next Tuesday, apparently. Oh, they are. Let's get it in there. Come on. It's 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 rumours and, and what we know from Gatland and and, and the way he runs things is is rumours come out really, really early. So it, it may be, it, it may not be. But so we've all got our squads in. So we'll we'll put these on on Facebook and Twitter and all of that kind of stuff. So having a look through what we've got, I mean the bit that sticks out for me is tight head is really, really light. If we lose Thomas Francis, we're, we're screwed. I can't see it. It's a anything. problem position, Alice. It's a really yeah. big problem. When I was choosing my squad, this was the one position I really struggled with because mm. the depth is in there. And like you said, if Thomas Francis gets injured, we are in big problems because, you know, I don't want to be selecting people like Will Griff John 
in the Wales yeah. squad. No disrespect to him, I really don't. I don't particularly want to be included Sam Wainwright um, because he's still, you know, he's very raw to me. We still don't know if he's, you know, mm. up to this level yet, but we probably will have to look at Sam Wainwright. We don't know if Dylan Lewis is going to be fit yet for the Six Nations. That's going to be touch and go. We've got absolutely yeah. no return date for Leon Brown. And the tight dead, we are looking really, really light. So that's the one position in the squad I'm concerned about. I think yeah. that's the best case scenario, isn't it? Dylan Lewis coming back because at least he can play there, like him has played there against some big mm. mm. Well, Wayne Jones. Like... Sorry, I'm just just looking at it, running through it there. You know, we've all agreed on Thomas Francis. Mm. Um, both me and Jane, we've got um, young Wayne right down there. You two haven't got any anyone else. You couldn't think of anyone else. Um, <laughs> And then hooker wise, uh, sorry, are you right for me to run through this, Lee? You know, yeah, mate, yeah, got... go on, you, yeah, I, I love some more beer. You carry on, I'm quite happy. Yeah, so th- three of us have gone with Dowie Lake, uh, Lee's gone with Ken Owens, and we've also got, oh, I know, so Reese has got with Ken Owens as well. Then, um, three of us have gone with Bradley Roberts. Um, scroll back up, Megs, I can't see it now. No, because we've got uh, I mean, I'll put two for each position and then a couple at down the bottom as well. So, we've, uh, yeah, okay. so we've got Ken okay. Bradley and Derry Lake down the bottom there as well. See, so all right. So I think that's a consensus there, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and then I think we, yeah, we've all got Ken Owens there as well. Uh, Reese Carey, Nicky Smith, and Gareth Thomas. I mean, three great players there. Happy days. Um, Adam Beard featuring four of us there. Um, I can't see Alan Wynn Jones on the right hand side there with uh, Lee. No, I, I don't think he. And will. I can't see Alan Wynn Jones there with Reese. No. Um, I, I, I think if he, fair enough. I think if he goes back to Alan Wynn Jones, I think it puts him in a really difficult position um, around well, one around captaincy. Two, I don't think uh, Alan Wynn Jones would earn his position in the team anymore. Um, I, I, I don't, and. I think it sends the wrong signal to all those players that he wants to go fighting for the position and, and what have you. Um, bringing somebody back in who, with the best will in the world, you know, it, it, at international level is, is past his best. As, as inspirational as he is, and don't get me wrong, you know, he is an inspirational player. But as good as he was against Australia. But I, I, I just don't think he's... He's got it in him to put a whole Six Nations run together. So that's that's why I've left him out. But then I, I went round looking and go, right, who'd you put in? And Ben Carter may be fit, may not be fit. Um, and then our next best bet after that is David Jenkins, I think, myself. Well, I, I tell you what, I thought Reese Davis is a bit of a beast. He's been playing well. Um, yeah, he's got to be a big boy. He's, yeah, he's got to be included. He's got to be. He's, 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 he's a lump and he's been playing well. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've got Seb Davis Reese has got Seb Davis in there um, just because of the squads we don't know which way I think uh, Warren Gatton is going to go um, and they're moving into the back row I think we're all pretty much the same but I haven't selected Tommy Revel um, Why not? But, Why didn't you select hmm. Tommy Revel? Because I say I think Young's been playing well enough you've got Ross Moriarty playing well it's, it's really tough Jack Morgan playing well there's some great players out there, and, and it's always a question: who do you leave out? Um, I say he, he played well out in uh, out in South Africa, but he's not. He, he, he's just lost to to Newcastle. He, he hasn't played well his last couple of games. 
if you're not playing well, should you be there? No, don't think so. You know, um, you, you, they need to pick on form as well. Um, and those lads, I, I've mentioned there, they've been bang on form, I think. I think Ross Moriarty has been fantastic in a losing Dragons team. Felipe yeah. Falato has been, has been to Lupe. Uh, Jack Morgan rested this weekend. Um, but up until then, he's been fantastic. Thomas Young has been absolutely fantastic for, for Cardiff. And, and Tip Rick, I mean, if it wasn't uh, Kieran Williams' man on the match, it would have been him. And he would have been man on the match last week as well. Um, I think I think whoever we pick in the back row, we, we, we're going to do all right, to be honest. Um, See, I, I think we're going to have to choose two sevens again. Uh, and I think we're going to have to put someone like... I don't think we've got an out-and-out out six at the minute. I, I Jack think Morgan's gonna... the most the nearest to it, isn't he? As a yeah. sort of yeah. carrying. Yeah. And I don't think he'll pick Moriarty. I think Moriarty is, is what what you've seen from him with all the aggression and this, that, and the other. He is giving away penalties far too easily now. He's 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 been good for the dragon so this season. He has he, been good. I know he gives away penalties, but that's the nature make. of his game. He plays on the edge. Yeah, he's been I good. Mean, he deserves a call up. But I think at international I, level, if he if he starts giving away that many penalties at international level, you'll just get crucified. Yeah. And but you need ball I, I just realised. Uh, yes. Yeah. A ball I've just realised well, I haven't put I... Morgan Morris in my team, and I'm going to give myself a quick slap for that because uh, he was definitely meant to be down in my squad. He's in the others. All right, he's in my others. Happy days. Yeah. I did yeah. down. Good. He's yeah. in the other Good. section. I, I included him in the yeah. others because I just had no. But see, yeah. I'd, I'd put him above Moriarty because he's a, he's a big, he is a ball carrier. He is a, a, a decent tackler, but he doesn't give the penalties away. And, and that's why that's why I think Moriarty won't be in there. Yeah. I think he's just got to that stage where he's more he's more about the aggression than he is about the ball player. And when he's a well, ball I, player, he's, he's yeah. fantastic. Absolutely. Don't be surprised. I don't think he will. But don't be surprised if Anne Wainwright gets a call up because Gatland was a big admirer of Anne Wainwright. Yeah. Um, and he's done okay this season since he's been back. He hasn't been brilliant. He hasn't done a lot wrong. But don't be surprised if you see Anne Wainwright in our squad. I think he could be a, a surprise. I don't say Bolter because he's been around for a little while now. But yeah, I wouldn't be surprised about if Wainwright popped up in there. But we've we got so what many great say? options in the back. Great, from. Adam Wainwright, isn't he? But I've noticed like he's. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of mistakes this season. I've seen him like, like a lot of drop balls and stuff like that, isn't he? But he's still a good player. Yeah. That, isn't he? he's, he's been okay. I mean, he did have a big dip in form, didn't he, after the World Cup, you know? Um, and he hasn't been the same player. He's had injuries. But like I said, Gatlin was a big fan of Wayne, right? And I don't think we should be surprised if we see his name in this squad. But I know people will be surprised, but I wouldn't be. Hmm. Uh, so, moving on to the backs. Go on, then. Hey, all right. So. <laughs> We've all gone for Thomas Williams, Dane Blacker. Um, hang on now. Two of us have gone for Reese Webb, happy days. Uh, I think that's he's me and Jamie. Um, and we've got Dan Bigger. He's in there for all of us. With Jared. We've all gone for Jared Evans as well. Oh, no, sorry. Lee hasn't gone for Jared Evans. Um, he's gone with uh, Sam Costello, as has Jamie as well, just to get an extra player in there. Uh Reese hasn't I gone with Kieran. Go on, no, go on, I, I you don't know what? That's that's one big mistake that is, like uh, not choosing Kieran Williams, like in it. So, so I hold my hand <laughs> no, up. Just there, about, like, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I'll hold you to that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <dear>. <laughs> um, so yeah, so 
apart from uh, Reese, we went for Kieran Williams. Um, yeah. I actually put Owen Williams in as well, yeah. just because you know he has steered that Osprey ship a bit there now. I know that he, he, he dropped out of the squad the other night. Um, so hopefully whatever's happened is not too bad an injury or, or whatever's happened I don't know um, but he could be a wild card for that for that Six Nations squad uh, and, and I don't think he'd let anyone down if he was um, I think that will... comes down to what type of game Gatlin wants to play yes and yeah. it's you know when he brought um, Jamie Roberts in Jamie Roberts wasn't the, the best centre in Wales at that time you know, he was a very one-dimensional, give me the ball and I'll run 10 metres. Give me the ball and I'll run another 10 metres. But he, yeah. he did he did what he did really, really well. You know, he was never that creative, you know, expansive. But he turned into a, a, a superb, hard-running, heavy-running centre. So if that's the game that Gatlin wants to go back to, then someone like Kieran Williams at inside centre works really, really well for him. It, there's yeah. um, a question mark, though, for me. I don't know what you guys feel about this, but there is a question mark over Nick Tompkins. Now, I like Nick Tompkins a lot, right? But is he a Gatlin player? No. I'm not so sure. Um, he has come out recently and criticised the 60-cap rule, hasn't he? I don't think that's going to sit well with Gatlin, to be honest. And if he's not a Gatlin player, then for me, I would I, I have included Nick Tompkins in my squad, but I would be replacing him with someone like Mason Grady. But there is a big question mark for me over Tompkins. I'm just not sure if, uh, you know, if Gatlin would fancy I seem to be the only one with Mason Grady in my, in my squad. And I, yeah. Again, it, it, it's, been, it's been tough select there, you know, because there's mm. boys like uh, Joe Roberts, Joe Hawkins there as well, you know. I think with Mason Grady, I think you've got, got to be a little bit careful of uh, managing him coming into a Six Nations squad, isn't it? I think... Uh... More time in the autumn, or, or, or I don't know, yeah. but I don't get some at all. But, but wasn't uh, he in the autumn squad as like to, to train with them? Yeah, yeah, the tax player, isn't it? But then yeah. they've all come through that system, you know, they've all come through the 18s or 20s, you know, they, they, mm. they're kind of groomed, if you like, from a, a, a young age into being an international player. So yeah. the mentality, the mindset is all there. The, there's nothing that happens around the international arena that's going to be any different for him going in. Do you know what I mean? He's he's experienced all of that before. That's the purpose of the under twenties. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you've got Mason Grady. I got Joe Roberts. I think somebody's. I think centres are our weak area at the minute. You know, yeah. I think we've relied on Jonathan Davis there for so long. I see you've been you've been quite one-eyed, Scarlets, in a couple of your selections as well. There, um, just just looking. No surprise there. Just, just, yeah, just judging by the. Way. Just judging by the play, you say you've gone for Joe Roberts there. Um, yeah. Where everyone else, you know, we, we've all, I, you've also got George North uh, for centres, but we, as well. Yeah. But then we've all got Lewis Zamet, Alex Cuthbert, Josh Adams. We've all got that Rio Dyer. But then you've gone for Ryan Combier. Yeah, we well, he is the inform winger this year. Him and Rio Dyer, the inform. I thought well, Josh Adams had a fantastic game. Yeah. He's uh, he's way up the charts. The actual the only player beating him on tries, I think, is Steph Evans, and I can't see Steph Evans getting a a look in uh, with with Gatlin. To be honest, so yeah, in terms of Benson players beaten, um, players beaten, uh, number of yards gained, um, Ryan Combier is, is is right up there, and he fits into the mold of a 
Gatlin style player. He's big, he's strong, he's aggressive. Um, he's not the the fleet footed Shane Williams type. He's he's similar to Josh Adams. And if Louis Rees-Samit isn't fit, then I think you know when when he started pushing George North on one wing and Cuthbert on the other, and they were big, heavy, bulky wingers. Um, I think Combier and Adams kind of balance each other out quite nicely. I think if he puts Dyer in, it's because he's looking to play a more expansive game, you know, because I'd say you either go with Adams and Combier or Dyer and Zamet, depending on what type of game you want to play. And I think. Well, listen, like you said, let's hope they're all fit to start with. Yeah. Hopefully there's no, no injuries this weekend uh, or the following weekend. Um, but yeah. And then we've got a bit of a mix. Uh, you know, I've gone with uh, Jonathan Nickel Ken Owens and Reese Patchell there. Uh, Reese hasn't chosen any. And obviously, Morgan Morris. Dav Jenkins, another one I've looked at. And if I could have fit him in there, I would. Um, but I don't know. We don't know how big these squads are going to be. Um, and Jamie, you've got Aaron Rain- Wayne right there as well. And Lee's got Kieran Hardy. Oh, you've got Owen Williams in there as well. I'll take it all back. Yeah, he's, he's my utility back. There we are. So, yeah. I mean, We've all gone for a fairly... I think we're all fairly along the same lines with the odd one or two players, um, which no one would disagree to have them in or you know in the squad otherwise, you know? Mm. Um, I think they're all, all form players at the moment. I, I think it comes down to what type of game Gatlin wants to play. And, yeah. and if he wants to play that tight kick-chase game, everything, you know, keep the ball for three minutes and then look for space... You know, we're. I think we're going backwards if he regresses to that, and I don't think he will because I don't don't think we've got the front row to do it. I don't think we've got that that solid pack. You know, if you're going to play a kick chase game, you need to be able to rely on the fact that when you come to scrum time, you know, you can win your own ball comfortably and you can challenge this. And I don't think we will. I just, uh, you know, we know the problems we've got at the front row. Uh, second row is is a mobile, agile. High skilled, you know, making breaks around the, the outside of a, a ruck. I don't think it's that kick chase game. So it would be interesting to see. Yeah, looking forward to it. Looking forward to seeing who selects. But what um, we got to discuss is the captaincy, right? Because this is where it gets choice. really interesting. Well, <laughs> there's three options here, right? The Gatlin's got. So he either continues with Justin Tibrick. As we saw in the autumn. Now, personally, I think that'd be the wrong call, given what we saw in the autumn. Yeah. The other option is he goes for experience. So you're looking at players like Halloween Jones, Ken Owens, Dan Bigger. Or the third option you got is you go completely left field. You select a young, fresh faced captain, someone like Jack Morgan. And the question is, what's he going to go for? I think he's going with Jack Morgan. I, I favour going for a young uh, captain, to be honest. Like, yeah. I favour I, I think it's going to be damn bigger. I think he'll go down the experience route. I don't know why. I just got a feeling he's either going to go to either Ken. We like Dan bigger. And, and yeah. Yeah. Right. I don't think, I don't think any, anyone would disagree if he if he stuck with Dan bigger. You know, uh, Tipperick's been doing a great job with the Ospreys. Um, I, let's say it wasn't a great autumn for anyone. Doesn't matter if you were captain or not. But but it wouldn't surprise me. He said he stuck with Dan bigger. But it wouldn't surprise me if he also looked someone like Jack Morgan, a bit of freshness to it. Build your team around that boy, and uh, see where they go from there. Yeah, it's not over, Jack. Well, Jack Morgan is twenty-two, isn't he? 
And yeah. I believe Sam Warburton was 22 when he was made Wales's youngest captain. So, you know, he's done it before Gatland. He could go down that route again. You but, never um, know. It's going to be in, no, no, no. And, and he has made these, um, you know, left field calls, haven't he, in his yeah. career, Gatland. So uh, we'll wait and see. But it's going to be interesting to see where, yeah. where he goes. I'd like to see Jack Morgan. Would you like to see more experience or would you like to have like a fresh faced uh, youngster come in? I, I Who's that question to Anybody, lads. I thought this was a joke, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> Rich is talking to himself again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it happens after this hazy cheek. <laughs> No, I, I, I'd like to see young. I think it's a brave selection to go for a young player, and I, I would like to see a younger player coming through. Um, the problem is, is younger players don't get that kind of experience at um, club level. So if they don't get it experience at club level, how do you really know if they can do it? You know, but do every picks. Let's not forget, he's got the player has got to be in the starting fifteen. It's got to be yeah. first choice, which makes me think. You know, uh, it's going to be damn bigger because he will be Wales's first choice. Alwyn Jones, we, we're not. There's no guarantees he's going to start, is there? You know, is he going to continue on the bench like he did in the autumn? Jack Morgan, you know, we know how congested the back row is. I think he's a terrific player. I love him, and I think he'd be brilliant captain. But is he guaranteed to be in Wales to start at fifteen? I'm not sure. I hope so. But I, I think know. his game can bring sort of game. He's a he's a ball carrier, isn't he? And he's good at the breakdown. Um, so he's got a lot to his game, isn't he? He's not just a one trip pony. Hmm. Absolutely, yeah. But I I can see him sticking with bigger, um, yeah. and then possibly even through the World Cup as well, just for that continuity bit. Because I think part of what Pivak did was tried to change too much too quickly, and then. It just, you know, it started to fall apart. The same kind of goes for Gatland if he tries to go back to too much and hasn't, you know, doesn't evolve enough, then he, he kind of is shooting himself in the foot. So I think he's got to stick with some of the changes that were made. And then that's why I think, you know, Bigger is a good, a good captain when he's on the pitch and not arguing with referees. He's actually quite a decent, a decent captain, like. So. Like you say, other than that, there's not many players that stick their hand up as a guaranteed name on the on the sheet. So I think Ken Owens would be a good shout though as well. You know, because yeah. I, I would start with Ken, um, and he's in good form at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Ken is another good shout, I think. But um, yeah, I I uh, put my cards on the table. I think he'll be damn bigger mm. for captain. And on that I think one, Morgan's made. I think Ken's got to be first choice as well for a hooker for the Six Nations because yeah, he just brings absolutely. He's, he's hitting every line out. His ball carrying has been spectacular since he's come back. He's, yeah, he's just got to be picked on. Mm. Yeah. So on that note, then, gents, I think we're done for this evening. Because yeah, cracking well, and guys, to get in blue there. bite. <laughs> I hope, I <laughs> know we were talking about a Cardiff loss. <laughs> I hope I hope our rapsters, my new Twitter name for our followers, Rapster. enjoy the uh, rap. <laughs> you get the box of quality straight no. out and no. going. Like one of those like kids' clubs, like you know, sending you <laughs> send you a sticker, then. Uh... <laughs> oh oh god. god! Right, let's knock it on the head there, then, gents, and we shall do the same next week. Enjoy your rugby, my friends. Cheers, Hi, everybody. Right. Ta-da. 
Thank you for listening to this week's show. We hope you enjoyed it enough to come back next week and listen again. So please do subscribe, rate, and review the pod as it really helps us on most of the platforms that we appear on. You can keep the conversation going on Twitter and Facebook by searching for us on RAP, W-R-R-A-P. Or you can email us on Welsh Regional Rugby Pod at Gmail. We'll be back next week to do some more of the same. We hope you'll come and enjoy us. And in the meantime, enjoy your rugby. Sports Social Podcast Network.